Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 128 and it is Thursday, July 19th, 2018. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, y'all? Yes, indeed. We are back. You know, another hot one, you know, weather-wise. Not really. I need to be rather, like, comfortable. Yeah, I mean, considering... uh, like the past couple of days has been like a roast, slow roast outside. You can fry an egg on the yeah, sidewalk. I, I think you're over exaggerating. Nah, it's it's been it's been pretty hot. Yesterday, it's been super hot. No, nah, it was. The, I was. You know what it was? I was in. <laughs> I was in the. Uh, I was. I was in AC like all day. Kyle, I hate you guys for switching days. <laughs> and we love you back, Kyle. That's not that's not my fault. I mean, hey, listen, um I when when work gigs uh come up, you know, you got to switch days, switch things around to accommodate. And uh this this fall, I think it's safe to say we will be switching uh nights uh as well, but more on that uh when the time comes. This is news to me. Oh, yeah! I, I didn't tell you. No, uh-uh. I'll, I'll I'll tell you after the show. Um, but but yeah, uh, Tuesday nights will eventually uh, be a thing of the past. But well, dear, <laughs> uh, I'm at the equalizer too. Talk to you later. All right, man. Enjoy that. Give us a strongly word review. Yeah, man. I haven't seen the first equalizer. Me neither. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. But um, we will be talking about Luke Cage season two, uh, and tonight's uh, episode. There's enough time to be. Oh yeah. For y'all to have caught up. Oh yeah, so it's gonna be spoiler filled. So if you're afraid of spoilers, then uh, hit the mute button once we touch on Luke Cage. But that's gonna be later on in the show. We're gonna be touching on some news and items as well as stuff we've been up to as per usual, and. Uh, with that, as you're setting up the, uh, sharing the episode, rather, I'm going to start off with Thank what you. I've been up to as well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. And we got John <laughs> Haponic, uh on oh, here as well. Oh, we going to need you to stay for this one. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, hopefully, we will get John on the show uh, in the in the next uh, couple weeks because the supervillain has to come on the on the podcast, man. He has to come on live. All right, I get, I got you, I got you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, for me, what I've been up to? Well, I've been on a comic book frenzy. Me too. Um, I've been making a huge dent in uh, reading my backlog of DC Rebirth slash Universe comics. Oh, uh, well, trade, well, trade paperbacks. Um, I I finished reading uh up to volume four, volume four of Green Lanterns. I started reading, I finished reading a volume one of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Those are some dope series right there, man. Like, if, if, if you've been thinking about getting into the Green Lantern series, then definitely start with the Rebirth slash Universe uh, series because they're really good. And I'm going to uh, collect the rest of the trade paperbacks. And uh, once I get up to a certain number, I'll go back and hunt for uh, back issues. And speaking of back issues, I actually traveled to um, various comic book stores all around the state. And I've been uh, hunting down some uh, uh, some back issues 
of the uh, DC Rebirth slash Universe series of Green Arrow, The Flash, and Wonder Woman. Oh, and uh, and what's really cool is that if you go to Toy Vault or um, Time Capsule, even uh, well, actually no, Toy Vault especially, they actually have a discount, fifty percent off back issues after like up until a certain point. So I managed to get a, a whole ga- whole gang of Green Arrow issues, Wonder Woman, and The Flash, as well as the brand new issues of, of those three series. So I got issue 50 of The Flash, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, issue 50 of Wonder Woman. Also got issue 50 of Batman. Um, but I'm still, I, I'm still waiting to get the trade paperback for uh, uh, Batman Volume 6, which is called... It's not the rules of engagement. It's the one after that. Um, so I'm going to read that. I also got issue one of Catwoman, which I believe takes place just right after uh, issue 50 of Batman. So, yeah, I got a plenty plenty of uh, reading ahead of me as far as comics go. Me too. Yep. Me too. Yeah. And I got a That's nice... That's what Batman's for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plus, I got a nice uh, couple of nice long boxes to fill those up with uh, co- single issues as I go. Uh, yes, I did get a haircut. <laughs> no, she's telling you to get a haircut. No, I, I will I will stay with this for a while because I'm too lazy to shave. That's the that's the only reason. So I, just go to the barbershop. I don't, I'm not going to give the barbershop my money. Hell no. Why not? Because I do it every two weeks. I, I, I shave on myself. That's all I need. All I need, I just take a yeah, nice clippers. Shape up the beard. Yeah, but shape up the beard. I don't want to shape up the beard because I don't want to. I don't want to end up looking like every other dude who has a beard, who has a shaped up beard. Why? What look nice? I don't need to look. Who, who am I trying to impress? I look. I'm trying to look nice for anybody. Yes, you are. I'm not. She I'm, is in the other room. I'm not. I'm not on the dating scene. I don't give a shit. I don't, you don't I'm need not, to be on the dating. We'll we'll talk about this one later. Yeah. Listen. Listen, I, I don't I don't care. I I'm trying to I am I am trying to grow a Kratos beard. Okay. Boy. Boy. I'm try, I'm trying to rival Kratos and Tommaso Ciampa in the beard game. See, Whitney, all right? Whitney says she'll do it for you on the low. <laughs> so on a Wolverine with Scruffy. <laughs> it won't be pretty, but I'll do it. <laughs> Yo, shout outs to you, Whitney. Thank you, Whitney, for your And offer. shout outs to old Kendrick too, man. Yes. Uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, I've been reading, reading comics. So. Hi, Joyelle, my sister. Hi, <laughs> uh, welcome. And also, I watched this really, really dope movie, which is out in theaters now, and I encourage everyone to go see this. It's called Sorry to Bother You. I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. Go ahead. Yo, it, yo Sorry to Bother You, it's a dope satire. It's uh, from writer and director Boots Riley. He's uh, formerly of the underground rap group called The Coup. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sorry to Bother You, it's a satire starring uh, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, Danny Glover, Army Hammer, Steve Yoon. Um, he's in it? Yep, he is in it. He's one of the main... Glenn got some work. Yep. Good to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Omari Hardwick is in it as well. And uh, sorry to bother you. It's a it's a really cool and very creative film, and uh, it's about this uh, this guy named uh, Cassius Green, and um, 
you know, middle name Cash. He's played by Lakeith Stanfield. And you know Lakeith Stanfield? He stays, he stay, he stays like playing like weird, socially relevant uh, characters and, and shows and films like Get Out and Atlanta. And Sorry, Sorry to Bother You continues that tradition. So he plays this guy who's, who's working at this, um, this telemarketing company, and they're just selling a bunch of bullshit to people. Okay. And so Lakeith Stanfield, he's not getting... He's not, getting much success being a telemarketer and uh danny glover you know kind of s- takes him under his wing briefly he says hey look here young blood you know in order in order to in order to hit those calls you have to use a white voice and so not just any white voice like the the voice that that uh lakeith stanfield uses is actually dubbed by david cross <laughs> so david cross Wait, david Yes, David Cross. Um, you may know him as uh, Tobias from Arrested Development. Um, Tobias. Uh, he was in Men in Black. Yep. Like one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So David Cross, he pl- he portray he he portrays the white voice that Lakeith Stanfield <laughs> uses, and so um, so when Lakeith Stanfield uses his white David Cross voice, and and and, and mind you. David Cross's voice, the 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 way he sounds, he sounds like a white guy imitating a black guy imitating a white voice. That's how a- exaggerated he sounds. <laughs> and so when he when when uh when Cash uses when Cash's screen uses his voice, that voice, he actually rises above the ranks in his telemarketing company, and he's hitting those calls. He's getting real successful, and then he makes it to um the he makes it to this uh, elusive position called a power caller. And so with that, he has a choice to make because as he, as he achieves that position, um, the, his fellow telemarketers led by Steve Yoon's character named Squeeze. Yeah. Um, Where did they get the, the names for these characters from? I don't know. But, hey, shut up, Mike. But uh, Squeeze uh, decides to lead a, uh, a, a protest among his other telemarketers because they're underpaid and overworked. And they are they 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 have, they're not going to take being exploited. So as Squeeze is leading the charge, um, he, he, you know picket 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 lines every every single day in front of their uh, their workplace of work. Cassius has a choice to make. He can either stay making that money as a power caller and leave behind, you know, his friends and coworkers that need him, or he can join the struggle, join the revolution, and take down the system. And and uh, Tessa Thompson plays his girlfriend named Detroit, and she's a and she's a socially conscious artist, an artiste, and she has this. She, there's this one scene which has a really really interesting performance art that Tessa Thompson does, which I won't say anything, but you just gotta see it to see it to believe it. And what's so interesting about so sorry to bother you is that it's 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 on one hand witty, it's clever. It's also ridiculous. It's over the top, and it's a film that you either you can either get with it or stay with it. Like let it take you to its crazy, batshit places that it wants to take you, take you to, or you can just dismiss this movie outright. But if you dismiss this movie outright, you're making a serious mistake because this is one of the freshest, dopest, most unique movies of the year. It's it, it like continues the tradition of like Get Out. And uh, Atlanta and all those other weird socially conscious uh, shows and films. Now, would it make your list? It, it would make my list. I mean, it, I mean, if if, if there, there what is it always like a top 
20? Yeah, top 20, uh, top 20 films of the year. Like, if the rest of the year um, continues on this path, then Sorry to Bother You hopefully will remain on my top 20 because, like, it's, it's, the the writing is fantastic. It's hilarious. Um, I I love the themes that it touches on because, on the one hand, it touches on code switching, like how you have to adopt a white voice in vernacular to succeed. But then it touches on, like, this bigger, bigger conspiracy. Like, there's a, there's like this, like, um, this running joke throughout the film where it's called a uh, uh, worry. There's this company called Worry Free, where you can like um, work in this company and actually live on the company grounds, and you know have have like your own room. You get to work on the assembly line, but the only difference, the only problem is Worry Free is a prison, <laughs> and you can either live in an actual cell and and, get, and make that money. Nope. And, nope. Yeah. So. Nope. So 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 the film rally so so the film's like a it rails against uh, code switching you know um, exploitation of workers um, it rails against uh, um, other rails against basically like using using black black people black bodies to 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 um, to keep the engine of society going and yeah man there's just a lot I could I can get into um, I will say Army Hammer. He plays one of the main antagonists of the film. He plays this guy named Steve Lift, um, who is this really pretentious Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Elon Musk esque douchebag, um, who who uh, who runs who's who runs the company that uh, Cash works for. And Army Hammer, yo, I give him props because he's taking these interesting supporting roles in these films, like he like from the Social Network. Uh, back in 2010 to call me by your name and now this this film he's doing some interesting work and and you know i think he's starting to find his lane like interesting supporting characters also um omari hardwick who you who you may not know as a ghost from that show power um he adopts a white voice as well like when he speaks he only speaks in a voice which is dubbed by Patton Oswalt I was curious <laughs> I'm like who did it I'm like who did it So imagine imagine a dude who looks like Omari Hardwick with Patton Oswalt's voice yeah it it just blows your mind Oh my god I'm I literally <laughs> just saw I'm like Patton Oswalt I know that Yeah, yeah stand up comedian uh, actor uh, future Victor's Corner, you know what? It just might be. If I get my hands on the Blu-ray, which I will add this film to my collection, I want to dig it, dig deep into it. Um, it's like I said. Sorry to bother you. It's it's a it's a it's a hilarious film. It's a it's an awesome satire in the same vein as Get Out, uh, Idiocracy, also Putney Swope, which was a, a '60s satire by Robert Downey Sr. Yeah. That's a dope film. Um, it's about a, a black dude who t- takes over this white advertising firm. Yeah. And his and the whole catchphrase of that movie is "Don't rock the boat, sink it." And I think "Sorry to Bother You" has that same spirit. So, go see that movie. It's in theaters now. If you got Movie Pass, use it. If you don't got Movie Pass, pay for it anyway. It's worth it. "Sorry to Bother You." It's in theaters now. One of the freshest movies of the year. Really strongly considering getting Movie, movie Pass. Get get that, yo! Not, I really, yo. I'm str- I really am. I just. I don't go to the movies that much, but even even I really don't even well, that being the, even if that's the case, yo, it, it pays for itself. Like if, even if you watch two movies a year, that's like two movies at the price of one, and you can watch evening shows for like what nine ninety five a month. Yo, you can't beat that deal, fam. 
And mind you, no, it's a dope, it's a dope deal. I ran into uh, Wilson and my our friends Wilson and Edward the other day, and they were mm-hmm. like, they were going to see um, Hereditary. Did you see that one? Yet? Yes, I reviewed. I reviewed it. Reviewed it. I thought so. Yeah. So like, they're like, yo, he was just you know he was showing me the app and everything, and I'm just like, you know, Victor has been in my ear for like the past what. Six months? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> About it. Kyle said he has it and he enjoys it. Um, my friend Sandy from work, she enjoys it. I mean, she's the only other person I know who actually saw Call Me By Your Name. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. it's only like two people in that, on this, probably on this earth that saw it. Oh, other than the Academy. Among, oh, among people you know. Yeah. <laughs> Get some culture. I have, I have plenty of culture. <laughs> But yeah, um, other than that, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got on my end. Terry Crews is in it. Yep, he's in it. He plays a uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's uncle. He's he only, he's only like like a bit part though. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm really just like looking at the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 I may put it on my radar. Oh yeah, you should. Yeah. So yeah. that's all you've been up to. Yeah, man. Besides work and everything. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, what I've been up to is uh, on the comic front, um, the many that I have been reading, I'll just review like this one comic, um, which is the new Captain America number one that just came out about two weeks ago, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, who's low, he was literally becoming my favorite comic writer. Mm. Right. Wow! Like he's really getting up there. I'm honestly, I'm in the process of collecting all his works, and I ain't got that much far to go. <laughs> got Nation Under Our Feet. Got him. Um, you got this new one that's out. Um, is the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda? So that's not the title, but there's like a a new Black Panther. No, the you know what there is one. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's written. Oh, I think it's also written by Coates. I look, in, I look into that one. I got the Marvel app, which is something as for comic readers you should get. Mm. It's definitely cool. Like, they had a sale, and I'm in the process of reading uh, Marvel 1602. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. review that one. I'll review that one when I'm done. But it's an interesting concept. It's basically the Marvel Universe and the Elizabethan period. Mm-hmm. So, like, Charles Xavier is actually, like, his name's um, Sir Carlos Javier. Mm-hmm. So like all their names are like you know, all their names are like switched from to like Elizabethan times to yeah Sir Nicholas Cage oh yeah Do- you know <laughs> Doctor Stephen Stephen Strange mm-hmm. um, he's, he's, like I don't know it's kind of hard for me to get into it because I'm still not done with it yet but I will definitely come back with a full review but yeah back to uh, Captain America number one written by Tanahisi Coates um and art by uh, Lano Francis. Lionel Francis Yu. Mm-hmm. And it's basically in the after it's about in the aftermath of Hydra's takeover of the nation, Captain America has become a controversial figure. Also, a new enemy called the Power Elite arises and they're trying to basically destroy Captain America's name. Mm. So okay. um only one issue's been out so far. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's has that deep, you know, very deep written. I don't know if I like I say like you could you know how if you if you've read any of Tony Hesey Coates' work like it's very like it kind of hits you in the feels. Hmm. So that's what I meant by that's what I meant by deep written. Hmm. But yeah, and um, 
also in a way socially conscious too. Yeah. Like you kind of get that feel to it, so I'm looking forward to reading this entire story arc mm-hmm. as uh, time goes. You know, as time goes by. Mm. Um, yeah, that's it for the comics. And um, this weekend, I um, once again I DJ the fourth annual Will Blackman Youth Football Camp, which is the here's the staff shirt mm-hmm. and um, a little bracelet. You know, a little bracelet says at Will Blackman. Prove them wrong, mm. right on. So yeah, I had a good, I had an awesome time doing that for the you know DJing for the kids. You know, it was always a good time to see the Will and his whole entire family. And um, De- and shout outs to Deb Weinreich who doesn't even think about looking at another DJ. Like she just gives me the date and I'm there. Nice. So that was Saturday and then Saturday's camp. But then also Sunday's camp. Well, first of all, Saturday's camp had about 300 kids there. Wow, that's a good turnout. Very good turnout. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was at Hendrick and it was at Bishop Hendrick High School football field. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sunday was actually the combine camp, strictly for high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And it was about over a hundred high school students came out. Nice. Cause like in Rhode Island, it's not really, it's not really a lot of schools, especially like with football, with good football programs where kids can get noticed. And there are some talented kids here. Mm. So he and you know this was a way for them to get noticed. He also it was a joint venture with uh, Arena Football and uh, Arena Football Pro and um, Rhode Island native uh, Kyle Rowley. Yeah, and uh, he yeah, and they actually recruited like collegiate scouts and some pro scouts as well. Other players who have had a who have who have had. Um, experience in the pros and on the college level mm. and they was just running a con they was running a combine mm. and like i said there was and there was this one kid there was this one kid like they usually don't get um specialists but there was one field goal kicker there he just came out anyway mm-hmm. and kicked a 50 yarder nice that's what's up he just said you know what you're the only specialist here let's see what you can do and he kicked a 50 yarder man that's Perhaps a future NFL player right there? There's a ton of future NFL players here, but there's only like there's only like three schools where scouts would go to. Yeah. So this was a perfect opportunity for kids to get noticed. So it's mm. actually I think it's gonna become a yearly thing. So like if you just had if you know any kids who are talented and who who deserve a chance to shine, I'll be posting about I'll be posting it next year, the second it comes the second I get word. Right on. And I'll be DJing it again. <laughs> hey man, that's what's up. It's a nice gig. Yeah, all right. I enjoy. I enjoy. I definitely look forward to it every year. Um, also, last night I DJed at um, I Love Kickboxing in North Providence, mm-hmm. and it was their country night. <laughs> so I DJed country music. Mm-hmm. It was inter- it was interesting. It was interesting. I didn't do much scratching because I don't think you really can. It was it was pretty much you can, but it was, it was out of my element. Yeah. But it was still a fun. It was still a fun time. Um. You know, shout outs to Victoria, Brittany, and everybody else who continuously hires me. I should be back again next month for their boy band DJ night. <laughs> in sync in the house. Oh my god! I hated in sync back in the day. <laughs> Ninety eight degrees. I'm playing them too. <laughs> Hell, I'm, I'm playing me some goddamn Hanson. Oh my god! Yeah. Take me back to high school. Hanson was not high school. Hanson was middle school. Really? Mm-bop. 
That was middle school. It was like 97, right? 98? 96, 97-ish? Yeah, yeah, that was middle school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Damn, we old. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, um, I didn't get into that. Uh, we had the Extreme Rules pay-per-view this week, this uh, past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Wrestling Fantasy Warfare for making the thread ever so enjoyable. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to watch it. No? No, nah, but I heard that the Pittsburgh crowd was trash. Yeah. Especially in the main event. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't have the... Nowadays, we just don't have the patience for an Iron Man match. Is it that? I think it's just the crowd. Yeah, they don't have the patience for it anymore. Mm. Japan can definitely handle a crowd, handle a match like that. Well, what about NXT? I mean, that the, the uh, 30-minute Iron Woman match with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yeah, they got ago? lucky with that one. But then again, it's the NXT crowd. Yeah. Remember, they did that at Full sale, so the NXT crowd can't appreciate that more. Because oh, yeah. the NXT crowd is basically indie fans. Yeah. You know, they actually watch stuff other than WWE. Um, yeah. So they can sit and watch a New Japan match mm-hmm. with no problem. Yeah. The main, you know, my main roster, not so much. <sighs> not anymore. I think still the best Iron Man match ever was Brett and Sean, WrestleMania 12. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree. I won't I won't argue there. Yeah. But uh, but how was the extreme rules? It was okay. Yeah. Anything okay. special happened? I did not like how they did. Like how Shinsuke Nakamura won the title. Oh. <laughs> well, he gave Jeff Hardy a low blow, right? Yeah. Then he just pinned him. No, he gave him a low blow. Then the match started. <laughs> Kinshasa. One, two, three. That was it. Wow. Then Randy Orton comes out. Mm-hmm. And then. Turns on Jeff Hardy. Heel turn. Oh, cool. Another Randy heel turn. And give him something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He ain't ready to go yet. Mm. What about the uh, B team? Uh, They won the titles of that shit. was hilarious. Uh, My boy Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. That was was crazy. They just kept, like, every time they show a backstage segment, Mm -hmm. like, you just see a B team celebrating. (laughs) Like I'm, I actually I am all I was up for the B team like winning that because Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel they needed something and they finally got it. Yeah, you know. And the crowds like you can tell like the crowds they're growing. Yeah, yeah, they're growing on the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So now go ahead. It's like it's like they're a joke act, but. But I think um, the the crowds will get into them more, respect them more as athletes as 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 their reign goes on. You want to know who that? You want to know who this is? This is history repeating itself. You know that, right? Right. Who? The New Day. That's right. Yes. Yeah. When they came out, they were like they these. They were just obnoxious as hell. Yup. Those. Like, I didn't even like them that. I'm like these guys are a little coonish. <laughs> I mean, I'll just. Oh yeah, with the, with the grinning and everything. Yeah, I just uh, I was like, I wasn't up for it. Now I think they're awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, they're just hilarious to me. And you know what helped? What made what helps too is this up, up, down, down. I am such a huge fan of that channel. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like so, and that was organic growth, right? Yeah, there. it was. It was. So give yeah. the B team time. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like this. All right, and then also on the WWE Network, I've. Um, Took a liking to something else to wrestle with Bruce Pitt- Pritchard. Okay, I heard about that. Very interesting. Now, it's like you would think 
Well, it's interesting because Bruce Pritchett was a producer for the show for, for the WWE for many years, so he had that insight. Mm-hmm. And so they would talk talk on certain subjects like um, they did the w, WWE CW, mm-hmm. um, Big e- the Big Evil um, version of the Undertaker. Yep. And um, enter CM Punk. So he got, so we he got to tell the story for you know those stories from his point of view. And then he would actually do, which are actually pretty good impressions mm-hmm. of like certain guys, certain other like create members of the creative like Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll put like a big, like a big like, a big head. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a mask, but it's just a head, and he just puts it in front of him, and then he'll do the impression. Mm-hmm. So he'll do like Michael Hayes, uh, John Laurinaitis, who like. He basically puts off as he's like a big Vince ass kisser, oh, like well. uh, the biggest yes man. I would thought yeah. I would have thought that Bruce Pritchard would be the yes man. Yeah, and he's actually not. Wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, what's surprising too is like he he'll say some some bad stuff about the company and mm. on the network, but they won't get into because there's if you it's an actual podcast. If you actually look on like your iTunes feed, mm. he does talk about other subjects. Yeah. But WWE only handpicks a few. Mm-hmm. And the season finale just happens to be Enter CM Punk. Okay. And he actually did not have a bad thing to say about CM Punk. Hmm. That's good. Well, I, I gotta I gotta get into that show. Like I I was I was skeptical about the Bruce Pritchard show on the on the network. Yeah, because you would think he'd be one of those yes men too. Like yeah. but he's got he's gotten on a lot of people. Jim Ross and he and he's actually said some things about Vince. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to check that out then. Yeah. Also, the table for three where uh, JBL, Bruce Pritchett, and um, Eric Bischoff was actually pretty good too. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. JBL. Eh, but Yeah, I know you're against JBL. And I, I'm still reading that um, Justin Roberts book. I put hmm. it down because of all the comics that keep coming out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like I could, I'm like, yeah, this dude, is, he he's a bully. Oh, yeah. Like hands down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that's all I've been up to for mm. the most part. You know. Oh, um, oh, uh, I read Wakanda Forever. I just once you said, "Oh, uh, that's when I was like, you know, Wakanda Forever." What yes. you think? I liked it. Interesting concept, huh? It is. Nakia is batshit crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, this this is how she is in the comics. Yeah. Wow. Like I, which reminds me, I hope. If they, when they make the Black Panther sequel, I hope they don't turn Nakia heel. I want Nakia to go heel. Yeah. I want to uh, see. I don't know. When's the last time? Have you ever seen Lupita Nyong'o do be a bad guy? No, I haven't. It'd be an interesting turn. It. it have we ever? Have you ever seen, other than um, Hardball? Have you ever seen Michael B. Jordan be a bad guy? Uh, no, 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 I have not. And his first time doing it, what happened? Tore the roof off, Killmonger. Nakia, 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 Lupita Nyong'o. I think she can do it. I mean, just I mean, I, I certainly she I could. I can see that happening. But I I just want to I just want to we see just some, love her too much. Yeah, I just want to see black love on the screen, man. Just 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 keep it as black. You love. saw it at the end of the movie. No, that's, that's not enough. We need a whole movie of it, though. We don't need a whole movie of it. Huh? You know, the, Nakia. To, yeah, but then I had to mention. With Disney acquiring Fox, we may see Storm and Black Panther fall in love. True. It's, it's a possibility. So, 
But I will say, like, turn somebody else heel. No, 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 no. I want to see it happen. I don't know. I want to see. I want to see tears in the eyes of Victor. <laughs> How does that fucking feel, you dick? Oh, listen, man. When I when I hey when I heard that that kid that little kid in Avengers: Infinity War go tell his dad I want to go home when when everyone's turning to Ash, I was like, yup, that's what I wanted. I got what you I got wanted. it, you sick fuck. <laughs> hey, man, listen. The world's a dark place, and kids got to learn. Yeah, especially with people who cry at fucking Coco and finding Dory. Listen, Coco hit me emotionally. Remember me is an... Is a... don't, okay, don't, don't, turn, me... don't turn it off. Can we get... Let's get to the news. Oh, wait, no, no, no. So, what, yeah, but continue on with um, Wakanda Forever, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Amazing a... Spider-Man with Wakanda Forever. Yeah, it's a dope concept. So um, uh, the Dora Milaje, uh, they're pursuing Nakia, and uh, Spider-Man gets involved, and uh, it's 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 really cool. Like it's it's a pretty light light story for now. For now, um, so it, it appears that there's gonna be uh, the Dora Milaje. They're, they're gonna like team up with different heroes as the months go on. So next yeah. month's gonna be X-Men. Yes. And I think there might be some other heroes after that. So. So and I don't know who. So I'm interested to find out. Yeah. Yeah, so told you Marvel Comics ain't so bad right now. I mean, they're, they're, they have some pretty dope concepts going on right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to their Fantastic Four reboot next August eighth. I want to say. Um, yeah, they they, yeah. they pushed it back to August. Okay. Assholes. Yeah, hey, hey, they, with Fantastic Four, and it's a tainted brand for now, so they got to get it right. 100%. Yeah, I hate, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. I cannot wait. Yeah, but but yeah, Wakanda Forever. Check it out. Uh, issue one is in stores now. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Wakanda Forever. Um, I dig it. Good. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, get into some news here. Uh, so we, we begin with some wrestling news uh, coming up, coming at you with uh, Hulk Hogan, who has been reinstated into the WWE Hall of Fame this past Sunday. Uh, WWE reinstated Hogan after removing his profile from their website exactly three years ago in July 2015 due to his racist remarks he said in his 2012 sex tape, which leaked online. Gross. Yeah, yeah. In which he repeatedly used the N-word and even outright stated that he is, in fact, a racist. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Titus O'Neil released statements on social media in response. Uh, Kingston, on behalf of... of the New Day, wrote that they are indifferent about Hogan's return to the Hall of Fame and have no problem with it in the slightest degree. However, they added that they will not forget the racist comments Hogan made in the past. Uh, Titus O'Neil posted similar thoughts, stating that he is open to giving second and third chances for individuals who make mistakes and show true remorse for their actions, while also stating that he is also dissatisfied with Hogan's reinstatement into the Hall of Fame because of the fact that Hogan never apologized or displayed any contrition for his remarks. And as Hogan's apology was basically, oh, I'm sorry that I got caught on camera or caught on tape saying these things. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry also said that there's a 50-50 split among WWE's black wrestlers regarding Hogan's return to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. um, I I would probably have to side with the New Day on this. Mm. So, I mean, they're saying that, you know, he did address, he was at Extreme Rules, and he did make a formal apology. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Burke, he posted on his um, on his social media is that he he does forgive Hulk mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. Um, but I would I would have to say, in, you know, honestly, yeah, I would have to side with the New Day on this one. Like I'm all, you know. Let him have his Hall of Fame, his Hall of Fame induction back, because I mean it's rightfully due. Yeah, like we would not be watching wrestling wrestling right now if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. That's true. Yeah, like he definitely made it what it what it is today. But it's like, yeah, it's something like that you really just don't forget, and it's hard to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, so you gotta. You, something like that may take some time. Yeah, it's just gonna have to take time. Yeah. And you just got to have to put, you know, you have to really show your remorse and put, you know, put that effort in to do that, do the necessary damage control. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I pretty much uh, uh, feel similarly like like I'm like I, I understand you know, Hogan's significance in wrestling history. Exactly. And, you know, on on the on the strength of strength of his career, yes, he should be reinducted back into the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with that on those grounds, but much like the New Day, I'm also indifferent because of like his remarks because he dropped some serious n bombs. And yeah, I didn't hear exactly what it is. I just knew that it was, and I I didn't really want to hear it. Yeah, like uh, like I like I I read the remarks that he wrote. That, that he said, and he basically says, "Oh, you know, I yeah yeah I am racist, you know, aren't we all a little racist?" And like justifying his his remarks, dropping the end bomb, and for Hogan to to think of black people in that way, it it really changes your perspective on who Terry Bollea is. Yeah, and and for me, what what makes what annoys me is that yeah, Hogan never really came out with a public apology. Like he's he's not really contrite. Like he's just sorry that he got caught, and it and 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 it just make and it just speaks to how 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 for for white people in general they don't like being called racist, but they but they don't have no problem doing racist shit. I mean, white people can drop the n bomb all day, but if you call them out on being racist, they'll be like, "Oh, well, I'm not racist. How dare you call me that?" It's it's like. It's like, and and the reason, and the reason why that annoys me is, is because when you put a a, a a clear label to the problem, racists don't like that. Racists don't like being called racist. So if racists take away that label, they can make they can make they can make the whole problem seem vague and amorphous enough that they can gaslight you and saying that oh well I'm not racist, you're a racist for calling me a racist, even though even though they just dropped the n bomb or, or said a bunch of bunch of shit. So for Hogan. In this case, you know what? Fuck him. Fuck Terry Bollea. You know, as far as as far as his history in wrestling is concerned, you know what? That's I think that's untouchable. You know, you really can't you can't change the past. Yeah. But I, I I still think Hogan is only cares about one person, and that's Hulk Hogan. He's always been into bit gone into business for himself. He's a politician, a backstage politician, career politician, and as far as I'm concerned. Hogan only cares about his own legacy. He only cares about lining up his own pockets. He doesn't give a shit about about black fans or fans in general. So, as far as I'm concerned, Hogan could go fuck himself. And that, and that's how I feel. It is what it is. Um, what does it say? Let's see what let's see what time does. Well, I I will say this. You know what? Uh maybe maybe a 10 20 year 
maybe one, two, three decades from now when Hogan's dead and gone, hey, maybe we can forgive him then. Maybe we can look back at, back at his legacy with rose-tinted glasses, but for now, fuck him. Hey, I'm not, I'm not arguing. You know, yeah. I'm not arguing with it. Yeah. I have a, I'm much more, I, I, I guess I'm much more forgiving. I was always, like, raised to forgive at, you know, at some point, you know, at some point. So, yeah, just, yeah. I'll give it time and see what's up. If I don't really see any, like, significant or sincere changes being made, then it's just, like, whatever. Mm. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, if it was up to me, like, I would crisp and why his name. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not Vince McMahon. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to... <laughs> Yeah, some some other some other happier news here. <laughs> uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie has gotten a, an official release date. Um, it comes out October fourth, twenty nineteen, and will simply be titled Joker. Uh, Todd Phillips of the Hangover fame will be directing, and Martin Scorsese will be executive producing. Uh, now, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, who wrote Eight Mile, are the screenwriters for this Joker movie. And Joker is budgeted at $55 million, modest budget, and it will take a darker approach than the DCEU films, of which this Joker film is not a part of. It's going to be a darker approach? Yes. So the screen's going to be black and all we're just going to hear is dialogue? Pretty much. <laughs> no lighting. They're not going to spring for lighting equipment on this one. Oh, man. No. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this because Joaquin Phoenix, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. And it's got a good pedigree behind it. And, you know, I've always I've always wanted to see like a like a separate like st- standalone comic book films that that's not tied into like one universe. Did John Haponic just like downplay something from the DC? <laughs> what? He literally just said no one cares about that Joker film. Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn. <laughs> hey, you know he's starting to see a little bit of light. A little bit. He did. You did say that he said he liked Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, he does. He does like Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, it's a little bit of light. Yeah, a little bit. Um, a flicker. Yeah, we'll we'll take what we can get. Um, but I will say the the Birds of Prey film has potential. Um, but I I will say this this Joker film with Joaquin Phoenix. I'm looking forward to it because. You know, I like to I like to see standalone, stand standalone uh, films that explore different characters, and it's not tied into one universe. That way, you can have maximum creative freedom. But the MCU is doing it. But this, well, they're doing stuff right. Yeah, MCU is doing it right. Like what, they don't have standalone films, mind you, but they're doing the shared universe thing right. DCEU, they're still struggling. <laughs> um, Hopefully, hopefully Aquaman might turn things around, aka Aqua Reigns. Such a goofy look. <laughs> hey, what was that? No, it was the look I, I just gave the camera because I was looking at John Apollo. <laughs> uh, Todd Phillips can't do drama. We don't, we don't know that. I mean, I don't know what other films he's directed besides Hangover. We said Jordan Peele couldn't do anything else. Yeah, well, Jordan Peele's doing it now, producing Black Klansman, directed by Spike Lee. Him and Childish Gambino, him and Donald Glover are supposed to be working together on something, right? I believe so, yeah. Oh, but but yeah, Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, yo, I'm there. And who knows? Uh maybe maybe uh Joaquin Phoenix has the acting chops. He might be just as good as Heath Ledger's Joker. That's the cause that's the that's the bar right there. It it is. And it's a high bar to it, it is. It is. Um like we said, it's a partial reason why it killed him. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. I, I won't touch that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we got some other news here. Zombieland 2 comes out October 11th, 2019. And the four original stars from the first film, Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin, will be returning, as well as original Zombieland director Ruben Fleischer. Deadpool screenwriters Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese will pen the script. Watching it. I yeah. loved the first one. I Went did to too. the movies to watch that one with a whole group of us. I mean, I laughed. Man, the Bill Murray cameo. Oh, yeah. You no. could not just go wrong with it. Like, come, first of all, it come, caught me completely off guard. Yeah, me too. And that's what made it so great. Mm. And, just, and then just Woody Harrelson, Bill fucking Murray. I had to get that out. Yeah. Yo, can you believe Zombieland is going to be 10 years old next year? Came out in 2009, man. It sure is. Fuck. Yeah. Yo, another, The Dark Knight was 10 years old. 10 years old like this month. a couple month. of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. I remember, you know, I remember that because it was back when I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. And there was a slam, t- there was an EPW event. I don't know if uh, Mike's still watching, but he probably he can attest to this because he was there. There yeah. was an EPW EPW event that we yeah. was working mm-hmm. the same night that movie premiered, like that Friday night when oh. the movie premiered. Wow! Yeah, it was not a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill I and mean, then Bob just said to himself, "Oh, that's what I get for scheduling an event on the day the greatest movie ever made comes out." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like. The Dark Knight, man, that's that's one of two films I've seen twice in the theater on the same day. The other one being The Last Jedi. Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Jerk. Hey, it was well worth it. But, yo, The Dark Knight, man, 10 years. That was my first Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. And I mm-hmm. said, I will not buy I I made sure that that was going to be the first Blu-ray I bought. Oh, yeah. Can't think of a better choice, man. And yo, dark- I, think I, I think like Crank's Crank was like my second. <laughs> One and two, it came in a double pack. <laughs> yeah. Those are fun movies. Uh but yo, uh, The Dark Knight 10 years later, now that we're talking about it, still in still. my view, The Bar, still my favorite comic book film of all time. Comic book superhero film of all time. Like Black Panther Infinity Wars is up there though. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll yeah, I, I'll pop like for me, like, those two, those have got to be the top three. Like for me, like my top five so far would be the Dark Knight in order: the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther, Logan, the Dark Knight Rises, and Batman Begins. Still my top five. Mm, I probably would say what. And this is in no particular order. Okay. I have to like watch all these over again just to. So I'll probably say the Dark Knight. Um, Black Panther, mm-hmm. Avengers: Infinity War, Deadpool. Mm. Interesting. And Spider Man Two. Okay, yeah, Spider Man Two still holds up, man. Love that film. The only one that still holds up. Well, the first one's two. okay. Yeah, one oh. was okay. I was, uh, two suppose two, two two is better. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, Zombieland Two, man, I'll be there. As as a tagline goes for that for the first film, nut up or shut up. <laughs> I, I had nothing to do with the movie. 
Yeah. You know, Bill, you know, Woody Harrelson did not get paid at all for Wait, that movie. Are you serious? Yeah, he did not want to get paid. Why? Huh? I I can't remember, but he didn't get paid for it. Huh? He was like okay with it. Wow. Like he, it's like he volunteered to do that movie. Man, well, hope he, hopefully he'll get some money for this oh one. Oh my god, I love this character too. Yeah. And uh, for all you nostalgia fans out there, uh, Rugrats will be returning next year with a brand new season of 26 new episodes, which will air on Nickelodeon. And additionally, a Rugrats feature film will arrive in will arrive on November thirteenth, twenty twenty, and will include interesting interestingly enough CGI and live action footage. I don't like it. Which one, the movie or the show or the both? I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's just like, they, I think like the later episodes, I didn't even like bother watching them because yeah. I liked my original Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah, when they were when they were still toddlers, just still toddlers. Like I peeped the all grown up thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. You know, this is what they grown. This is what they look like as grown. You know, grown up. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of kept it moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I will say, um, like I, I thought I thought Rugrats was all right when I was a kid. Like that was just a show to like get through to get to get to like the good stuff, like all that or Doug or something like that. Um, you know. Hopefully, maybe, maybe, maybe Rugrats this this new this new season. Like since since we already saw them as teenagers, maybe we can see them as adults, right? Yeah. And then like it can take them in some unique, mature directions. Like like Tommy Pickles, he could be like this this washed out um, college graduate who's struggling to find a job, and like and so like he has to like. He's he's desperate because student loans are like no 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 stu- not Tommy like like, stu- not Tommy. like student lo- hold not on Tommy. hold on hold on let me finish my pitch like student student loans are, are dragging him down his his baby mom's is like on his case all the time and like he's he's being hit up for child support and like his parents are are kicked him out of the house because like he's pushing thirty and like he's still living at home and so like life is going like shitty for Tommy Pickles and so Tommy Pickles decides well you know what. Life, life, life's, life's gotten me down. I, I'm desperate. I gotta get that money. I gotta, I gotta get that guap. So Tommy Pickles, he starts trapping, right? So he, so Tommy Pickles starts, he, he starts getting, he starts getting into that trap lifestyle, and then like things like financially are starting to pick up for him. But unbeknownst to him, as he's building up his trap empire, his 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 boy when he was a kid, Chucky, remember him? He grows up to be a cop. And he's on his and he's on the case, and he's starting to like establish a paper trail. So like you, you can turn Rugrats into like a like a cop drama right there with Tommy Pickles as like this this budding kingpin. Chucky's a cop that's on his tail, and and, and uh, Angelica, remember her? And Angelica, like she's like this like she's like this madam of this whorehouse, and like she's and she's and she's got she's got her girls like you know you know pimping the street right. You been and watching then, like, Mystic River? What? <laughs> that's a random choice. What I mean, that's a great movie of Clint Eastwood, directed movie Mystic River. Oh, he di- he directed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like with Sean Penn. And- yeah, Sean Penn, Kevin Bacon. Oh shit, that is the same. That is the same plot. Yo, right there, son, son. That took place in Boston. Lawrence Fishburne was in that movie. That's a good. Yeah, that is a really good movie. Yeah. What an interesting plot twist too. Yeah, that was. It was dark. I love that movie. 
I do too. Yeah. But yeah, like No, leave him right. No, get your little dirty. Get your little dark ass on. Oh, 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 oh. And, and you know, remember the twins? Phil and Lil? Yeah, they're Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would they would not be Trump supporters. They would not be. Uh their but, mother was a feminist. Now, uh, but ah, uh, but see, see, like, see, like, see what I'm thinking, like, like her feminism, like, it just drives them up a wall for some reason, and then like they 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 drive to become they they they're driven to become Trump supporters to rebel against their feminist mom. Boom, right there, son. You can have like a little little sub subtitle sub subtext right there, and then like and then like the what was what was the name of the black girl? Susie. Susie, like she's like this woke, like socially conscious activist, like Black Lives. Been like that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, she's still that to this day. Like she's an artist. She's like Black Lives Matter. She's all she's all for the cause, right? And then like all their storylines can converge, and then you can see some 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 drama, some deaths. It's gonna be it's gonna be dope. That's that's my that's my reboot for that's my reboot idea for Rugrats right there. Send it to Nickelodeon. See what they say. I would do that. There you go. <laughs> oh, well, shout outs to Eric and Darius watching. <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, you know what? For the nostalgia fans, hey, go nuts with it. Um, I, I'll, you know what? But I would like to see a reboot of Doug. Cause no. I, well, not 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 no. not not a reboot, but like a continuation. A no. continuation. No, 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 I, I, I liked no. Doug. I like Doug too, and that's why. I, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix I'm it. I'm saying, just you can still keep it in the same town, same age group as as of, nope. of the characters, and just like. They just have on new adventures. Oh, they're gonna listen to the beats. Yeah, they're like the beats are probably dead. <laughs> or 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 like or like um, or the or the beats like in order to like evolve, they get into like um, like mumble rap. <laughs> so the beats could be. <laughs> so the, so the beats could be like the Migos of the. Show. And he's the educated one out of this. Room. He's the one with the college degree. I don't, I don't I don't know why my mind is. Like, hey, listen, I'm just saying, like, we're, we're we're trying to make these shows relevant for the modern age for 2019. You don't need to do all that. <laughs> just, just stop, boy. Just stop. Yeah, let me stop. Yeah. Let me stop before I give these these uh these people ideas. Uh, we got some other news here coming at you as well. Uh, Marvel's Black Widow film finally gets a director. Uh, it's really happening. It's really happening. It's, it's on its way. Um, Australian director Kate Shortland, who directed the, who directed, who directed the film Berlin Syndrome, uh, will helm the long-awaited movie, which will be set before the events of the first Avengers film, interestingly enough, so it's going to be a prequel. Uh, Marvel Studios met with over 70 filmmakers, prioritizing finding a female director. Uh, among the ones Marvel met include Ama Asante, who directed Belle, uh, Kimberly Pierce, who directed Boys Don't Cry, uh, Mel- Melanie Laurent, uh, Galveston, and Maggie Betts, who directed Novi- Novitiate. Novitiate, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Kate Shortland, uh, who was the eventual pick, was reportedly Scarlett Johansson's favorite, and no re- no release date has been announced yet. I would like to see a black uh, Black Widow origin story, so I'm up for it. Yeah. I'm 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 up for it too. Marvel should just Marvel and Disney should just be dicks and just steal Patty Jenkins away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean Patty Jenkins is the only person keeping the DCEU afloat because she's the only good filmmaker. Well, besides her and James Wan. So literally, just just put the nail in the coffin and just take. A, you know what? 
I'm be honest with you. Guess what? Patty Jenkins will probably just leave on her own. Hey, well, you you don't know that. I mean, she, she's working on Wonder Woman 1984. You know, I and hey, she she did such a great job with the first film till the end of the movie. Hey, hey, the end of the movie was fine. That shit was it, fucking. Serious. Listen, it was fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, the end was was a bit too much of a light show, but come on, it, it worked. It worked. She fought Nigel Thornberry at the end. So what? Listen, David Thewlis is a fine actor, and hit, and the twist and the twist with him as Ares that was that was inspired. I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't. I just didn't like how it looked. The world does not need a Black Widow film. Oh, uh, there goes. Oh, you see what the fuck we got for Justice League? <laughs> I know, right? And you- Which, uh, oh, w- w- as a matter of fact, tell us on the chat when you coming out because I'm ready for this to be. Because I got some facts for you. Tell him, Adrian. <laughs> tell him, Adrian. I got facts. Facts? What? 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 what, what oh, facts? So, damn it! You just ruined it. I, I, I was I, trying to get you to do Adrian an Adrian impression. Oh, unlike what? The simple fact that you got facts. Oh yeah, you listen, listen, man. I, I, I got facts. I got. Fa- I am undefeated. I have never lost a debate. Oh my god, let me tell you something about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is like the greatest wrestler of all time. You, you, you talk about Stone Cold, The Rock, the uh, Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura. They're all amateurs. Kenny Omega, nah, nah. He ain't, he ain't on the Reigns level. Look, look. Reigns is just that guy. He, he's just a face. I mean, listen, listen. I know, I know. The crowd boos Roman Reigns. They call him asshole. They call him like anybody but Roman. But whatever. But he's getting a reaction though. I mean, is that's so. That's what it's about. He's just getting a reaction. <laughs> about two weeks, champ. Don't cry too much. Um, I'm re- oh. oh, oh. I mean, two weeks. <laughs> he said about two weeks. Two weeks. Let's set the. All right. Listen. We'll arrange it. We will arrange it. The supervillain will meet Codex Prime finally. But I will say, you know. Um, John doesn't have any ammunition. Because he doesn't have his chance. He does not stand a chance. He doesn't because, like, John, the movies you defend, all you have is Wonder Woman. What are you going to defend? Suicide Squad? Batman versus Superman? Justice League? Wait, wait, wait. Go through that list again. Ba- uh, Batman versus Superman. Nope, you said Suicide Squad first. Uh, uh, Suicide Squad? Hot Topic Avengers. BVS? Uh, Martha? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man of Steel? Buried in somebody's collection. Um, and people actually forget that's part of the DCEU. Yeah. Okay, yeah, forgetful. Justice League. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's m- all I can say. Pretty much. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, John. Oh, wait, wait, Justice League. Orange. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, the visual style. This is it. It's just orange. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh wait, CG upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I, you know it's crazy, Justice League ruined, possibly ruined Mission Impossible for me. Oh my! Every time I see it, I'm like, that's the movie that ruined Justice League. Pretty much, like Henry Cavill couldn't. He was contractually obligated to keep that mustache for that movie. But you know what? I, I'm sorry, John, but you're you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. You have no ammunition. Let him. Let him. But you we know, need some, we need a debate win. Oh, yeah. I mean, it won't be much of a debate because, like I said, he has a DCEU to defend, and we have so many Marvel movies to use. 
Anyways, what's good? Oh, we yes. Go yes, let's let's we keep. Got two, we got two more. Uh, we got two more two more headlines here. Uh, one, uh, there's gonna be another film about the Thailand cave rescue in another the works. Um, last week, we reported that the faith-based uh, film production company Pure Flix <sighs> is going to direct a movie about the recent Thai cave rescue. But this time, we have another filmmaker set to make another film covering this extraordinary event. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu will be directing this upcoming movie, which is also the result of a collaboration between Thailand's Navy and government and Ivanhoe Pictures. Now, as the film covers the uh, rescue of the 12 members of a boys' soccer team and their coach who are trapped in a cave in northern Thailand for 18 days, as an Asian story, Ivanhoe Pictures president John Panati and director John M. Chu felt it was important to have an Asian filmmaker tell it. You hear that, Pure Flicks? So Chu expressed his thoughts on Twitter last Wednesday, stating, quote, I refuse to let Hollywood whitewash the Tide Cave rescue story. No way. Not on our watch. That won't, that won't happen or we'll give them hell. There's a beautiful story about human beings saving other human beings. So anyone thinking about the story better approach it right and respect, respectfully. We have the power to not only make history, but be the historians that record it too. So that it's told correctly and respectfully. I couldn't just sit here watching how others would interpret this important story. End quote. What's up, Afton? Oh, hey, what's up, Afton? Thank you for joining us on the on the episode. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm down for the cause for this one. I can see what you're finger pointing. Listen, man. Listen, you you know if Pure Flix. Okay, I know you're you're against Pure Flix. Yeah, well, you know your person who believes in reasons and their movies oh, are trash. God's not dead. Come on, never seen it. So yeah, I, I, I nah. but 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 anyway, I'm looking forward to the, to to John M. Chu's version of that film. And last but not least, we got a wonderful headline oh, here. Jesus, here we go. The I know what's coming. Once I saw you post this on the dock, and I'm like, I'm gonna let him have his moment. Yes. Uh, the ground bi- the groundbreaking LGBTQ drama on FX. Pose has been renewed for a second season, which will debut next year in 2019. Uh, the first season finale, Mother of the Year, will air this coming Sunday, July 22nd. Man, go ahead. This show, Pose, is fantastic. I love it. This is one of my, this is one of my favorite new shows in like in the last like a couple years. I mean, the category is live, work, pose, and then he vogues and everything. Oh, I love this show. This show is near and dear to my heart. Oh, this show gives me so much life. Carl Anthony Bird, you got to watch this show. How the fuck do you know my middle name? I said it, I said it before. Remember when AWOL was here? We were talking about the last show. I still Jedi? don't even remember how you... Listen. Hey, got him watching Pose. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I listen. I listen. Shout outs to my girlfriend Monet. Get him. I I I get him. I put Monet on to Pose. Okay. I was the one who sought that show out, and I was like, Hey, this show is this show is right up our alley. Let's watch it. Okay. And we love it. 
like, like I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this show is groundbreaking. I mean, I'm talking about like the 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 LGBTQ, the transgender cast, the and 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 it's so important of having representation behind the camera because you have writers and directors who who produce these these awesome episodes like Our Lady J, Janet Mock, among others. Man, this show is the motherfucking truth. I'm telling you. Yo, listen. She's making comments about my middle name, you jerk. L- listen. If you if you have not watched Pose yet, please, please, please put this show on your radar. You can go on FX.com. You can actually stream the episodes for free, depending on your cable provider. Watch Ooh, she said show. that's not what she said. Oh, this is this Listen, is I, this another case of who got Victor into who? No, no, no. I will not have Awol got you into Star Wars and now Monet got you into Pose. Listen, first of all, First of all, I put AWOL on the Star Wars. That's a fact. Two, I put Monet on to Pose. That's a fact. Okay? I was the one who sought that show out. We, I, I, I'll later confirm this. Yes. I will yes. later get you, the truth. Yes. It, but you know what? You know what? That's all immaterial because Pose, is, it, it's a groundbreaking show. It's an exceptional series. I love it. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please make some time for this show. Seven episodes out so far. The eighth episode comes out this Sunday. It's a f- season finale. Dude. Just go. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you want to. I, I, I love this show so much. And like the 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 the, the drag queen. Go ahead, Vogue. Just the drag queen subculture, the the voguing, you know, you you just you just gotta show them face, you know. It's all about the face. You gotta work it. You gotta work it. You gotta work it for the judges. The category is voguing. What, what's the score, judges? 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Ty Dillinger will be so proud of the show. I love it. Yes. <sighs> Woo. All right. So, uh. Wait till I get to start. Wait till I start <laughs> memeing. I'm, I'm, yeah, I set you up for that one. It's all right. You're, me, you're about to get me. Listen, listen. I will. <laughs> I will willingly be a meme if it means I put more people on to pose. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah, let's talk, let's get into our main topic, which is which got me just as excited. And we're talking about season two of Luke Cage. I love the theme music. Oh my god! I was. I should have just. I don't know why. I, uh, are you gonna queue it up? Yep. Yeah. As as uh, so as you're queuing it up, uh, Luke Cage season two, we're gonna be getting into some spoilers, uh, a spoiler filled thoughts and discussion on the second season, which just dropped a few weeks ago on Netflix. So if you haven't seen or finished uh, the season two of Luke Cage, just be sure to put this uh, on mute because we need the viewer numbers. Knocked it out and, in the first weekend. Yeah, man. And yo, I will and like. Let me let me set it up. Let me set it up as uh, as as you're looking for the theme music. Oh, here you go. Okay. Uh. Hurry up! It's the theme, so it's not long. Yes. Yeah, so Luke Cage season two. It takes place right after the events of season one when Luke Cage actually defe- right after Dare da- Defenders. Oh, right after Defenders. Thank you. Uh, so Luke Cage, he's uh, now the the bulletproof defender of Harlem. He defeated Diamondback, his long lost brother. And he has become a celebrity, so people are starting to make money off his name, off the heroes, f- off the Luke Cage app, and he's uh, basically uh, running around defending Harlem. But there's a new threat in town. 
John McIver, a.k.a. Bushmaster, coming straight from Jamaica. And he's about to reclaim his foothold in Harlem. And not, he not only has a vendetta against, Dill, against Mariah Dillard. Stokes. Stokes. Mariah Stokes. Stokes. So now it's up to Luke Cage to not only take down Bushmaster, but he also has to take down Mariah Dillard, Stokes, as well. That, that, that was nice. I can't wait to listen back at it. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so, uh, and first of all, Afton stopped being a hater. Luke Cage was not just I, okay? So uh, you you can uh, have a seat. Uh, first of all... John Aponic says, more Iron Fist. Shut your fool mouth. <laughs> How dare you, John Haponic? You know, just just for that... But you know, you know well, well, we'll save it to when we get to the spoiler. Yeah. I'm gonna say initial this. thought. Initial thoughts of the show. All right. Uh, just for that, John... Oh. The, the gloves will be off when you come on the show. But initial thoughts on the show, um, I loved it. I thought it was even better than the first season. I thought just as good. Just as good. Because really? you, know you know what it was? Because it hit me just as much as the first season did. Like, mm. the first season, it hit me hard. Like, yo, we got Luke Cage. We got our black superheroes. Like, yeah. this was it. Like, I wanted to dedicate no... To, I wanted my time to be nothing but Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Hence why I was able to finish it in one weekend. Yeah, I hear you. And it's well worth it. Because, like, for me, I thought it was even better than the first. Like, um, I thought the storyline was even stronger because, like, it was – because in the the first season, like, people – like, the main criticism of the first season was that, like, the first seven episodes were great because you had Cottonmouth yeah. as that great villain. And then once he was killed off, you had Diamondback, and it was kind of – It was lackluster. It was yeah. a bit lackluster. He wasn't yeah. as impactful as um, as, as, uh, as Cottonmouth was. Yeah. So, like, your mileage may vary on the second half of the first season, but this one, it was consistently good from the first episode to the 13th. I was told by two people in this world that I look like Cottonmouth. I was like, are you serious? Now you look- no, I don't look like it at all. No. No. Well, I just re- well, one of them was a friend of mine. Like, he knew I was watching, and he just texted me, like, yo, why did anybody tell you you look like Cottonmouth? I'm like, no, I do not look like Cottonmouth. Like, we all don't look alike. Yeah. And then when I, I happened to be getting a new phone that day, and they were just like, you watch Luke Cage, right? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, you look like Cottonmouth. Nah, but uh, okay. First, I, I no, will, I look nothing like the guy. I I will say, like, if anybody tells you that you look like Cottonmouth, they're racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yo, we all don't look alike. Yeah, but, but um, my boy Walter, though, like, he cut when he, yo, shout out to him when he puts sunglasses on, mm-hmm. he looks like shades. Yeah. So we go off the joke and we're like, Cottonmouth and shades. Whenever we take a picture together. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm supposed to thank give you, my... Afton. I agree. Nope. Yeah, but I'm supposed but I'm supposed to give my uh my thoughts, my initial thoughts, right? Because you were you were just jumping in though, right? <laughs> but anyway. yeah, kind of. But anyway, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I really I really love this uh this season. Um, I thought there were some pacing issues. I mean, I, I think it could have been shortened to like ten episodes because I think thirteen. This ain't that two... about a lot of the Marvel series. Yeah, like, I think thirteen can be a bit much. Like it is. eight is perfect. Yeah, eight would be perfect. Eight to ten would be perfect. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like the that the show continu- continues a tradition of naming each episode after famous uh, rap songs. Like the yeah. first season was Gangstar. This season is Pete Rock, Rock and CL Smooth. Smooth. I really, I really love that. Um, uh, bes- besides the storytelling and the characters, um, I really love the musical guests that they had on. Like, yeah, one every what was it like one? No, like one was Rakim. 
Oh my God, Rakim, Jada Kiss and Faith Evans, uh, yeah. Stephen Marley. That was a good one. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh, Ghostface Killer. Yeah. Esperanza Spalding. Yeah. Uh, D Nice. Joy. Um, Mr. C. Was it Mr. C? Yeah, he was on there. Uh, Kingfish Ingram, another reggae. Artist. That was oh my god, the thrill is gone. That was such a good song. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and you know what? It, it kind of like the first season, like the musical guest kind of reminded me of of like a '90s show, like New York Undercover. Undercover. Yeah, I always yeah. tell people like Luke Cage is the modern day is the modern day New York Undercover. Is Marvel's New York Undercover? That's very apt. I, I agree, right on. Um, and I and I will say, man, yo, when you, when you talk about villains, like we'll get to Bushmaster because I have I have some things to say about him. Mariah Dillard Stokes, goddamn, I told you, goddamn, I told you, you, you did. Like, yo, you, if you thought you thought you thought like she was kind of evil in the first season, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, yo, Cottonmouth would take a step back and go, like, damn, yo, chill. Yeah. Like, oh, and Misty Knight. Oh my god. Yo, Harlem's got some of the finest cops there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mercedes Knight, Misty Knight, she got the arm from um that human trash can. Oh, leave him alone. No, I'm not leaving him alone. Leave him alone. Listen, like uh, Danny the Kung Fu hipster, hipster Rand, listen, like he's he only took a di- he took a different turn though. This He was one- he was much more tolerable. I enjoy I enjoyed it. He, he, he like like uh, Iron Fist appears in episode ten, and he was tolerable, much more so than he was in Defenders and his own show. Like I said, because he's a better co-star than an actual star. I agree. I agree. But I know we're gonna get. Like I said, there's gonna be a change in personnel in um in Iron Fist, so season mm-hmm. two. So let's see. But y'all, Misty Knight, I Misty, I still love me some Misty Knight. You know, Simone, Simone Missick. Yeah. I re- I really like the uh, like like where her where her character was going. Like at first, like she's like trying to adjust to her uh, disability because she lost her arm defending yeah. Colleen Wing in the Defenders. Yeah. Um. And so she eventually gets that new mechanical arm, and um. Like right now she's kind of struggling at, at least throughout throughout the season where she's struggling with um with the rules of being a cop versus uh Luke Cage's uh results driven like vigilante justice. Because her boss, uh, Ridenauer, is like pretty much on her case, like being a bureaucrat, like like hamstringing her, and so like she's starting to realize that okay, I can't get I can't get much done with this NY with this New York NYPD like bureaucracy, but at the same time, I don't want to end up like a dirty cop like Scarf, and you know what happened to Scarf in the first season, yeah. so she's starting to ride that line. So like her storyline was interesting too, seeing her you know deal with those two struggles like of her her new arm and. Maintaining her integrity. Oh yeah, Antonique Smith. Antonique Smith playing um, Nandi Tyler. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Karen, Pitt, even Karen Pittman. Uh, she was. Um, she played Priscilla Ridley. Yeah. I'm like, I got some banging cops. Yeah, yeah, and, and and interesting characters in their own right. Like, I, I I really like the the dialogue between the the banter between Nandi and Misty because you could tell like they just don't like each other. Yeah, you know who Nandi was, right? Uh, who, who she, she played Faith Evans in the Biggie movie. Oh, really? in Notorious, right? Yeah. Oh shit, that was her. Oh yeah. Okay, I knew she looked familiar. But oh like, yeah, it was killing me throughout the. It was killing me. 
as yeah. I was watching it. Like it, it was just so funny because like, you can tell like, they just they just had they have a history and they don't like each other. Like there was like one part that made me chuckle where it's like where it was like one part where like Nandi was like singing like with her partner and then like and then and then um Misty was like, you know what, you're not built for this cop life. Why don't you like why don't you just leave why don't you just quit and go audition for the voice or some shit? And then like they just like have like a little spat kinda. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Reggie Cathy. This was his final performance, right? Yes, the late great Reggie Cathy in his final performance um as a as let me see, what's his name? James um, Lucas. James Lucas. Reverend James Lucas. Yep, the father of Luke Cage. Uh, Reggie Cathy, he passed away uh, uh, earlier this year in February due February. to lung cancer. Uh, hashtag fuck cancer. Seriously. Yeah. Um, man, I really liked his character. Dude, oh my like, God. He, yo, the first episode, he was like, yo, your name is what I gave you, boy. And I said, mm. Kratos. I was like, ooh. Oh, when he, when he dropped, hit, yo. His, he, he hit that boy. I was like, yo, his boy damn. can give, his, his boy can give Christopher Judge a run for his money. Yeah, that was a good one. And then like, and then like, Luke Cage is Luke Cage is like, you know what? He's like bullshit. And then J- James Lucas, he came out with watch that black father. Like, you watch your mouth. Like, he, uh, he had me flinch. Like, yes, sir. He's not even my dad. <laughs> but I really, I really like their relationship because it's like there's like there's like some some really complex history. But there, like, there's a flashback where where James Lucas like actually blamed his son for for his his wife's. Uh, condition like she's she was dying of a sickness yeah and it's like yeah, you did this to her and it's like that's some, that's some cruel shit to say it is what up, adrian yes this is live, live. um yeah we're talking about luke cage season, season two. two and so i really i really liked his appearance in this in the show and um and and and, and i and I, I just find it heartbreaking that well, unfortunately we're not going to see any more of him with yeah, the subsequent seasons because you know, there's there's a lot of potential we, what you could do with this character, with the relationship between him and and uh, and and Luke Cage. I don't even but want nobody else playing him. Yeah, playing I, his father. I agree. And there was a different actor in the first season. Oh, there was. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. But he, ne- I mean, oh. But like I, he went out. It's like he knew he was dying, and he just gave it everything. Yeah, he did. He did, and he had that swagger too. He did, yo. And I was just like, like I said, he hit once. I knew he nailed it once. He just said, "Your name is the name I gave you, boy." And I was just mm-hmm. like, and and oh, that one part where like he tried to like give him that Vulcan death grip. Yep, and he just couldn't do it. And he goes, "What you think you all bad because you all swole?" <laughs> like yo, he talked a little. I was like, yo, he's still his father. Yeah. I said, I'm naturally stronger than my father. And my pops still talk to me that way. Yeah. <laughs> my pops still thinks he can whip my ass. Yeah. Like, like he, was, he was a really cool character, man. That uh, was a good one. Yeah. He was a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. And I... Now, what do you think of Comanche? Comanche, man. Comanche, he was a Shades boy, right? Yeah. You know... I thought he was a. I thought it was another interesting character. Like I really because it it kind of gave Shades a, a bit more dimension than yeah. just being like the upper tier henchman, and like I didn't I didn't know if it was intentional or or if I'm reading too much into it. But I thought that like not only they were I think they were childhood friends and they yeah. also served time together in prison. I thought maybe like they also had a romantic history. Like maybe, no, they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was implied. It was implied they did. Yeah. What do you think of Thomas Jones, the uh, the actor who played him? I thought I thought he did a good job. He was a football player, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't find out until after the fact. I'm like, oh, okay, he's doing it. Yeah, his brother used to play on the Cowboys. Felix Jones. 
Oh, right. did he play on the Cowboys too? No, he played on the Jets. Okay, cool. All right, so a better team than Cowboys, but anyway, no, they're not actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job as Comanche, and um, and I and 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 you know through through his character, like I could tell like there was something going on, like perhaps like a romantic history because of the, because of the way him and Mariah were sniping at each other. Yeah, like like like. Like Mariah's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm Shades is giving it to me. Like, look, look, look at what you had. Like, I, I thought there was like some like a subtext there, but I was like, is there? Nah. But then like you learned the yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah, it ends up it they end up putting it out yeah. there. And in fact, like my favorite scene, but with Comanche was that barbershop scene, like when him and Shades are sitting back by back to back, like yeah. trying to waiting waiting to ambush Luke Cage, and they have that conversation. And then it was like he's like, yo, why don't you? And then Comanche's like telling Shades like, yo, why don't you rise up? You like you could take over this shit. And Shade and Shade's like, you know, he's basically saying, like, you know, there are rules to this, you know, and all, something, something to that effect. Did we just give? Do, are we going into spoilers? And we? Uh, oh, I said, I said at the very beginning, this is. Oh, okay, so heavy. yeah, we're into we're into the spoilers now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so like, and Shade's like, yo, I would die for you, Chi. And like, and Comanche's like, you know, what? we're wasting time here. Why? Why are we sitting here waiting? And then, and then he 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 gets up to leave, and then Shade's is like, no time is ever wasted, and I was like, man. Like that, that kind of hit me there because one, it was like there was a moment that they shared, given their history, mm-hmm. and two, it was like maybe Shades has learned a little something more than Comanche intended because Comanche was actually working for Written Hour, yeah, because he was like his his snitch, his CI. So it was like, and oh, Comanche is actually a com- uh, character from the comics as well. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was like an expert marksman and uh, archer. Oh wow, wow, yeah, and I felt bad how the way he went out too, Comanche. I was like, damn, man. It's like he trapped himself in the corner. He couldn't get out of. And one person that we need to get. Tilda Johnson played by Gabrielle, the lovely Gabrielle Dennis. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tilda Johnson, uh, the Mm. daughter of Mariah Dillard, Stokes. Stokes. She's a doctor who runs her own... uh, um, alternative medicine store yeah. called Mother's Touch. Um like she's she's she plays a her character is a different version than the one from the comics. She plays yeah, Nightshade. That's going to go into my uh that's going to go into my Easter eggs very few but Yep. I'll and, get into um, those. And I I re- I really liked her character and um and I really liked how she her her relationship with with, with Mariah Dillard and the scene, and I, and I want to get into Mar- Mar- Mariah Dillard more as well. That one scene they had when they were hiding out in that uh, Rand uh, building, yeah. when when Mariah tells uh, Tilda the truth about oh, her gosh. birth, yeah, um, and how she tells her, like, "Oh, I don't love you because, like, you know, you remind me, you remind of me of, this. of Uncle Pete because yeah. Uncle Pete was the one who raped uh, Mariah and gave birth yeah. to Tilda, and like she said, I, I I just see your face whenever I." I just see his face whenever I look at you, and I don't love you. And then, like, it was like stone cold cruelty. Like that was the moment. Was like, oh my god, Mariah has got to go. I, I hated. I never hated Mariah more so than in that moment because Tilla was just crying her eyes out. Like she was like Viola Davising it, and like, yo, yeah, yeah, it's not rocking and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say this: a little off subject. If you hate Mariah Dillard, Mm -hmm. like this. You will hate Gemma Morrow even more when you finally decide to watch Sons of Anarchy. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So is he in the first season? Or 
Is that character in the first season? Oh, she's throughout the whole show. Okay. You will love her, and you will grow to her. You'll be like, you probably by the end of season six, mm-hmm. your mouth's going to drop, and you'll be like, yo, bitch, got to go. Okay. Okay. I, I, will, I, will, I will tune in for that. But yo, man, yo, Mariah Dillard, like, yo, Alfrey Woodard, somebody give her an award for this performance. Does she have an Oscar? No, she was Oscar nominated. Um, I think she has a Golden Globe and a SAG Award. Uh, to her and to her to credit, um, but yo, Alfre Woodard, one of our legendary uh, black actresses, she was doing the most in this season. And man, yo, if she doesn't get nominated for for this show for her performance, she, she would get an Emmy. Like she would get an, an Emmy. Emmy. She'd be eligible for an Emmy uh, and a Gold, Golden Globe or a SAG as well because oh, okay. they also cover television. Okay. Like yo, she needs to get an award for something, not just a nomination, a straight up award because yo. I never hated a, a Marvel Netflix villain as much as I hated her character. And, yo, Alfre Woodard, like, she's been an underrated actress, like, throughout her 30-plus year career. And, like, her character was giving me so many negative feelings. I was just like, oh, my God, this woman is such trash. Oh, my God. God, I hated her character so much. Like, even in the first episode of the season where she's basically, like, being all extra ratchet, like sucking on Shade's thumb in the restaurant all publicly. I'm like, oh my God, you are a trash bag. Dude, you just made me think of the furniture store scene. Oh. When they killed off the Dominicans, he was like, yo, is the pussy that word? That old ass <laughs> pussy that word? I mean, uh, I, scre- I screamed laughing yo. and shout outs to Furman because he called me early in the day. He was like, yo, have you watched it yet? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, not yet. He goes, yo, season two. The furniture scene. Mm-hmm. Call me when you get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene had me dying, too. Oh, my God. I was literally in tears. Yo, like, she did not give a fuck. And, 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 and here's my thing about Mariah. It's like, on the one hand, you could tell, like, how much she loves, she genuinely loves Harlem. Yeah. And how much, like, she wanted to be legitimate. But she will get, she will get power in Harlem by any means necessary. Yeah. And she's basically just, she's like a worse version of Mama Mabel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yo. Like, you thought Mama Mabel was vicious? No. No, Mama Mabel was a saint compared to Mariah Dillard. And And then Bushmaster. Oh, John McIver. Straight out of Kingston, yeah. Yo. Yeah, I I love the whole Jamaican vibe. Yeah. Yo, and. Throughout the whole entire show. Like, I yeah, and 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 I and this is why I love Luke Cage the show because like they nail authenticity. They, thank you. It was like, authentic yep. and respectful. Yes, yes. Like the dialogue. Ma- Marvel, Marvel, uh, just like with Black Panther, it was mm-hmm. authentic mm-hmm. and respectful. Yes, yes. Like the way they did that the the Jamaican patois and the dialogue. Yeah. Yo, like it was like you know, Jamaicans. They talk like that. Yeah. Yep, and I, and I actually watched it with with subtitles sometimes, and it was like it was so hilarious how the subtitles couldn't like, pick it up. Could, like they like they they gave like a like a like an English like a pro, pro, quote unquote proper English translation of what they were saying. Really? Yeah, that's garbage. So like so like whenever the Jamaicans said like like uh like pygmy like yeah. in regards to kids yeah. or children, like the subtitles will say children or kids. So it was like that sucks. Yeah. 
but but other than no, that, he was a dope character. Yeah, I really liked Bushmaster. Like um, the actor who plays him, Mustafa Mustafa Shakir. Yeah, and he had like vet, like he's been acting for a while, mm-hmm. but all his roles were like very small. Mm. Like he's had. And I think I think you put this was his biggest role to date. Mm, okay, because like he was a protester in Shaft. He was in Do- a doorman in Down to Earth with Chris Rock. Oh wow! <laughs> a bunch of movies that don't have Wikipedia links. Mm. Um, Double Play, Fight for y- Fight Your Way Out, Brawl in Cell Block Nine Ninety Nine. Oh, I heard that was good. That was with Vince Vaughn, I believe. With who? Vince Vaughn. Really? Yeah. He plays like a convict in jail. Her yeah, was his a really name's good Andre. He yeah. was in an episode of New York Undercover, Wasteland, Law and Order. Who hasn't been on Law and Order? Yeah. Oh, he was in Girlfriends, Yo, Numbers. He's been around for a NCIS minute. NCIS Los Angeles. Wow, man. And New Orleans. Yo. This was his biggest role to date, and he nailed it. And mm. he actually like trained. Oh yeah, I saw. I think he, I saw the video you posted on the. Yeah, thing. he literally trained, trained, and I was listening to him in um, this week in Marvel, one of my uh, weekly podcasts, and um, yeah, he trained. He trained Jeet Kune Do and Capoeira. Me, mm-hmm. I used to practice Capoeira myself. Mm-hmm. I probably do a little bit here and there. She'll get back into it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, it, it, he was authentic with it. He like trained hard body, and not to mention he was always a comic book fan. Oh word! Like his dream, his dream role was always to be Blade, mm-hmm. but I think he, I think he nailed it with Bushmaster. Oh, absolutely! He absolutely nailed it with Bushmaster. Like, and I'm so glad, like he just didn't die. Yeah, I was like, happy. Bushmaster's too. coming back. Yeah, I hope we see more of him because, like, I really liked how his character began as like a straight villain at first, and then like, cause like that that one scene where he's just walking up to Luke Cage, Luke Cage is minding his own business. The next thing you know, bam, Debo uppercut. <laughs> And then everybody films it. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he find out that he's bulletproof too, and he's more agile than Luke Cage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a skilled. Yeah, he's a skilled martial artist instead of like where Luke Cage is more. Of, he's a brawler. Yeah. Like yo, like he he nailed the 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 role, and I really liked how his character began as a straight villain, but then like he was more complex. He was more of like a, more like a either an antihero you could say. Yeah. Or. Or like, uh, or just a, a strong antagonist because that that one scene, that one episode, which flashes back to his backstory as a kid, yeah. like you, it was like, oh, now I, I'm, exactly I'm with Bushmaster. It's what Marvel has been doing. It's yeah. like, yeah, they're taking their villains, mm-hmm. and you under, you understand them. Yeah, you don't just automatically, okay, yeah, that's the villain. We have to hate him. No. You understand them. So mm. then there's actually some instances in the show where you actually kind of cheer for him. Yep, that's true. Yeah, like um, like that, that one scene where he, where he captures uh, uh, Mariah and, uh, and her daughter and he tied, tied, tied him up in her apartment. Like, he, I, was, I, was, I was rooting for him. I, I was like, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't want Tilda to go. Yeah, uh, he did let Tilda go. He said, yeah. you can run. The door's open. But then when he poured gasoline and like, lit, lit it on fire, I was like, yes, Mariah like roast but then till they came back for her and luke cage had to save them but but yeah like but bushmaster reminded me a lot of killmonger like in terms yeah. of like 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 his backstory and like his motivations like he was more complex like he had legit reasons he had, because yeah he had an agenda yeah because he wanted to get to this he wanted to get to the stalks but yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think I can ever like say Stokes like this. Stokes. Like every time I hear Stokes, I'm like Stokes. Yeah. But like he wanted to get to the Stokes. 
Yeah, because uh, but he had to go. He had to go through Luke Cage first. Knocked yeah. the, like just get him out the way mm-hmm. to get to Mariah and the family. Yeah, and and like, whew. and he had good reason too because Mama Mabel like killed his mother. Yeah, and then Uncle Pete shot him in the gut, and then he survived all of that. Yeah, yeah, like he was he was on a crusade, and like I really liked his um, his uncle. I think his uncle was um, Anansi. Yeah, Anansi Makatosh. Like he was like a good voice of reason. I really liked. I really liked his character. The Jamaican restaurant scene when Mariah freaking touched it. Oh my god, that shit! I yo, we've seen on, okay on the Marvel Netflix series. We've seen we've seen what we've seen some strong dirty shit. We've seen Killgrave, not yeah Killgrave, right? Yeah, from Jessica Jones. I still think he's the best. I still think yeah. he's the best villain. No, okay, I'll, okay. Um, we've seen Kingpin, um, but we, and we've even seen Bushmaster do some shit with the with the peds on pikes. But Mariah Dillard, the shit that she pulled, lighting lighting Anansi on fire, and he's screaming in agony, and then she just like, oh Jesus, die already! Bam! Like she, even Shades was it was like, was yo, rattled. you did not have to do all that. And then he massacred everyone else in the restaurant. Yeah. Yo, I except for a Nazi's. It was his wife. It was his wife. Yeah, I think it was his wife. Like she survived. Like she managed to escape. Yeah, she's the only one. Yeah, only one. Like yo, my blood pressure was was full on for that for that scene. I was like, oh my god, this character. If she if she doesn't if she doesn't get got by the end of this season, I'm gonna be super pissed off. And what better way? Woo. Yo, though, listen, like, so finally at the end, towards the end of the season, Mariah finally gets arrested. And then, like, and, and then, like, she she's starting to make some power moves in prison, like killing off those inmates. Yeah, she did. Yeah, with that with that razor blade toothbrush shank. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have that final scene, one of the final scenes where her, her daughter, Tilda, remember, the daughter who she told to her face that I don't love you because I see your face and yet I see my rapist. Tilda comes in there. They have this their final com- what, what turns out to be their final conversation, and then Tilda gives her the kiss of death, yeah. calls her mother, and mind you, right before that scene where they have that conversation in prison, you see Tilda making this mixture. Yeah, and I think I think like and, and you saw a screenshot of what she was making from the book. It's like I think it it was like it was in Spanish. I think it translates to spider's kiss. Spider's kiss. Yeah, I have an Easter egg on that. Yeah. I'll uh, get to. She she uh, when she, when she planted that that kiss on her lips, that's when I knew I was like, I think Mariah's Some... dead. I think something's up right here. And then you you fast forward to a final scene where she has a conversation with Luke Cage, and then all of a sudden when she's talking, bleh, coughs up blood. Wait, what the hell just happened? When I saw that, my jaw dropped. And when she was dying, I stood and I applauded. I cheered for that like, scene. Yo, yo, she got him. Like once I put oh I put two and two together, I'm like. Like I had to pull, I had to pull a um, Smokey and Craig. <laughs> yo, yo, like I, I never rooted for a villain to die so much as I did Mariah Stokes. Like she deserved no, nobody on that show was more deserving than her. Nobody, not even Bushmaster. No, nah, not no, even definitely not Bushmaster. Yeah, not even Shades, and Shades was fucking borderline. 
And and Shades, oh, I think we're going to see more of him in the next season. Maybe he'll link up with Kingpin. I don't know if they end that up the same. shit will be fire. Yo, man. Because, yo, Theo Rossi, man, he's doing it. And I hear, I, I hear he's he plays Italian. It. He's Italian who plays a Puerto Rican. Yeah, I know, right? Like, Love it. <laughs> oh, and, and well, he, he plays a he plays a Puerto Rican in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I heard that too. Like, Juice. Ju- yeah, he's one of the main characters, right? Yeah, yeah. So that makes me want to watch Sons of Anarchy even more. So shout outs to Brian. Yo, but yo, I never saw a more satisfying villain death than Mariah Stokes. I stood and I applauded. I loved every minute of it. In fact, as soon as it ended, I rewound, I rewound that whole scene and watched it again. And really? Like, yes, <laughs> I had to see it again. Instant replay. I loved it. Um, Damn. Um, and then not to mention, what, you, what did you think of um, Luke Cage now owning Harlem's Paradise instead mm. of Tilda? Yo. Yo, that that scene where, where that shysty uh, sunken place lawyer <laughs> is reading that uh, the will that Mariah left says, oh, uh, oh, to Tilda, you have Cor- uh, she left Cornell's uh, keyboard to you. And she's like, oh, really? And then, like, Luke Cage, uh, Mariah has uh, left the whole Harlem's Paradise to you. She and then, to these, she's the only one who knew, he's the only one that she knew who loved Harlem. Yeah. Like she did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, Har- and then uh, at first, Luke Cage is like, you know what? You know what you should do with this place? Burn it to the ground. Next scene. There's a there's a jumping there's a jumping party with Rakim who recorded an original song, song for yeah. it, which I thought was dope, and you see you see Luke Cage in that Dapper Dan suit, which uh, which he does wear in the comics by the way. Oh nice yeah, and um, yo like I thought I I was I was I was shocked yeah so now Misty's kind of afraid because he she's afraid that he's gonna become corrupt. That's yeah. why DW kicked him out of the barbershop. Yeah, because it's like, yo, are you serious? You're gonna meet with this lawyer? You, you're really gonna? You're thinking about? He's like, yo, you, you're not just gonna be a boss. You're you're a crime boss, because like he, because mind you, he had to. He made that deal with the, that Italian crime boss to like stay out uh, of Harlem. Rosalie Carbone. Rosalie Carbone. Yep, Rosalie Carbone told her to told her to stay out of Harlem, like respect the boundary, like keep respect the lockbox of Harlem, essentially. Rosalie Carbone. She's like, why don't we meet for coffee? And he's like. I don't like espresso. <laughs> he hasn't made. You haven't had the right one yet. Mm. I'm like, spit that game. I know what you're doing. <laughs> but yo, it's like yo, the fact that Luke Cage, like he, like on the one hand, I, I I understand his motivation because like he's he's he dubs himself as rightfully so as the sheriff of Harlem. Yeah. And like for him, there's only so much he can do on the street level. But so he figures, okay, I can do more. Like by brokering a peace deal, at least with these other crime bosses, like say you stay out of Harlem, I'll I'll watch over Harlem myself and defend whoever gets gets in our way. And now you have um, he has his own team, uh, including that one bodyguard. I think uh, his Sugar. name is Sugar. Yeah, who's played who, by um, oh my god, I just saw Sean Ringold, who actually played Suge Knight in Notorious. That's right. Yeah. And um, and I loved I loved that final conversation that him and Misty Knight had, and then how that that how she stands out of his office, and it's just like the end of the Godfather, the Godfather Part One, where they close the door on her on Misty when she's outside that and she's looking Easter, in. That was the Easter egg. Yeah, while while Luke Cage is sitting at, sitting at the desk, like listening to his uh, his new henchman. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is this is like the most 
interesting place I could see this show going. Like, because this this reminds me a lot of Power, that show with Omari Hardwick, because yeah. he's a he's a nightclub owner trying to go legit. So now you have a superhero who's already legit. Now let's see if he can stay, stay legit. legit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, that's going to be so interesting to see where this show is going to go. If Misty Knight is going to step up as Harlem's new defender on the streets, maybe she can team up with Colleen Wing as a Daughters of the Dragon. Um, First Easter egg. Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Shades is going to be, be a bigger player as a, as a villain. Maybe Bushmaster might come back. Yo, there's so many there's areas so much, that could yeah, go. There's so much going to And he's going to need... Yo, the heroes for hire are going to show up because Danny Rand's going to have to come in and kind of keep him, yeah. kind of keep him in check and keep him grounded. Remember, other than Bushmaster and Diamondback, Danny Rand can knock knock him out too. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Danny Rand, let's talk about his appearance in episode ten. I thought it was cool when they did. I forgot the name of the move that they did. Oh, it was um the patty cake. That shit was fire. Yo, that had me go yo, yo like. I, I had to give it to him because like I told you and I told you because you put on that you put a Facebook status <laughs> talking shit about it and I'm like okay I was like you know what he hasn't get to that scene I'm like you know what keep watching I did you will actually be impressed and be like you I know was. what maybe there is some type of hope I you know I do have some type of hope now like I will give season two There's of Iron some Fist. type of evolution you know he's a, he is gonna evolve a bit he's yeah. a better co star but mm-hmm. then again it's like like I said he's gonna get a whole person you know Iron Fist is getting a whole personality change yeah like within the show itself so I mean mm-hmm. the, I you, we gotta give it a chance yeah give it a chance I will I will give season two a chance um, from what I've seen like hitting his his like. This was like it was kind of because like his appearance in this show is kind of like a backdoor heroes for hire hire pilot exactly yeah and and that was an awesome awesome finishing move like um he Luke Cage holds out his palm Iron Fist punches it shockwave knocks everyone out that was a dope move like if if Danny Rand can like keep him grounded that would be cool although like with the heroes for hire bit like the conceit like because Danny Rand he doesn't really need the money so I don't know how he would be like a hero for hire per se. I know Luke Cage would might would need that money, but even then he know. might not because he owns the club. Oh yeah, and I think he owns well, he doesn't own uh, uh Mariah's money cuz that went to her her trust. Yeah. Like the 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 it was the Mariah Dillard's or Stokes Foundation or something like that. Yes. Or the Family First Foundation. Fair, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So Oh, and and also with with the Harlem's Paradise, I loved how every time somebody took over, they changed the portrait. Yeah. So it went from Biggie to um, I think it was Marcus Garvey. No, it was a Basquiat. Uh, no, it was a Basquiat, which was uh when um Mariah Dillard took over. Yeah. But then when Bushmaster took over, I think I think yeah, it was, it was Marcus, Marcus Garvey. Gar- Marcus Garvey, and now Luke Cage is Muhammad Ali with that famous uh, uh fist uh yeah fist pose, which I thought that was that was dope. I was like, you know what. I, and I love how the pictures represent their personalities. Their personalities. So, um, yeah. That was really cool. And to think, though, like, like a lot of problems would have been solved early on in the show with Mariah and Shades if she sold that Basquiat painting. Pretty much. <laughs> For real. Even Shades was like, yo, this is worth, like, what, hundreds of millions? Like, you have your money right here. You, you can go legit right now. But she, she didn't want to. Nah, she was obsessed with taking down Luke Cage and Bushmaster. She was obsessed with being the boss. And she was a little in over her head. She was, but... But, 
Oh my God, man! Yeah. Oh, let me get to it. So let me get to my Easter eggs. It's not yeah. a lot. It's not a lot of Easter eggs, but yeah. As you referenced already, the Daughters of the Dragon. If you can date back to um, what was it? Episode three, where uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing were fighting in the bar in the bar scene. Yeah, that was. That was a direct that that was a comic series, Daughters of the Dragon. And you notice that Misty Knight wore red. She yep. kinda always wears red. Yeah. Colleen Wing wore all white. Mm-hmm. That's what those were their outfits that they were that they wore in the comics. Nice. Okay. Also, here's one that you might appreciate. DW is actually it's called it's Hell Up in Harlem. DW is actually wearing a shirt, which is a reference to the nineteen seventy three black exploitation film starring Fred Williamson called Hell Up in Harlem. Oh, wow. And it also yeah. contains the same type of themes that Luke Cage season two actually covers with you know with corrupt politics, game war, gang wars, and drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now the heroes for hire. Yeah. Piranha actually calls Luke Cage. Listen, you're my hero for hire. Mm-hmm. Yep. And which was you know. Which was a comic where actually Luke Cage, this was from the the comic was from the 70s, where Luke Cage was actually hired by Doctor Doom. Really? Yeah. And then Luke, when he actually called him a hero for hire, Luke Cage actually said something. He actually said something. I forgot the line, Mm -hmm. but it was the same exact line from that comic book. Right. Yeah. Um, Our girl Tilda, I, whoo, Tilda was beautiful. Yes, she was. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Tilda is actually, you know, Nightshade in the comics. And she was actually a a genius criminal scientist who uses robots to run Harlem. Mm -hmm. And also what we have uh, mentioned, the spider's kiss that Mm -hmm. she used to kill Mariah was actually from the Spider Island series where she actually gained spider powers. Oh. Yeah. And then at the end of the series when she shows up to uh, Harlem's Paradise, and if you notice how her outfit where she had the headband and the um Oh like the afro and the two afro puffs, that's yeah. actually a nod to what she actually wears in the comics. Oh word. Nice. All right. And then of course Rosalie Carbone, who's actually part of the uh, Carbone crime family. Mm-hmm. Um you gonna she actually made some uh made appearances in uh, the Punisher series. Mm-hmm. And um, she's actually going to have confirmed that she's going to be in Daredevil season three. Oh, nice. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Oh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. I think that's going to be the next one. The yeah. next Marvel Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, I think, they, I think they did announce season three, if I'm not mistaken. I could they be... hinted at Daredevil yeah. Defenders. So. Yeah. I could be wrong, yeah. though. But that's all I got. Um, that's all I got for Easter eggs. Uh Ready to move on to question of the week? Uh, uh well, before I, before I do that, I, I I just gotta say like, yo, if you haven't seen Luke Cage, oh, do it, do it. Yep. Um, it makes you wanna it. it makes you wanna dig into the comics. Hopefully, they're just as good as the show. I know there's gonna be some differences, obviously, but uh, but yo, I I, I would I will say that Luke Cage season two is perhaps you know what no i'm not, I'm not gonna say perhaps luke Cage season two is my favorite season of all the netflix shows so far really yeah i'm gonna say that and that's saying a lot considering that's how a much lot because that's a because jessica lot jones is really Jeez, dope jessica jones season one was dope yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna say i'm saying, actually saying like season two was like a disappointment well, season two was good it was it was almost as good as season one of yeah jessica i jones. mean iron fist was a letdown yeah they said it was a letdown iron fist was a letdown 
Um, Defenders was a letdown. I said it was mediocre at worst. Yeah, I'd say it was I at best. Yeah, Defenders. But I think Netflix, the Netflix series is still doing it. Oh, yeah. It's Punisher was. <sighs> Yo. Yo, it, oh my God. If Punisher was on Luke Cage, it would have been like one episode. He would have he would have rolled up into Harlem's Paradise and shot Mariah in the between the eyes in the end. Yeah, that shades. would be it. Yep. It's like this is my club now. <laughs> he wouldn't even do that and just that'd be it. Probably t- well tortured on fire too. Yeah, he would. <laughs> so yeah, question of the week: Who is the most underrated Marvel hero? Hmm. Our Instagram actually got really good, got pretty good. Sharon, Co- well, Sharon comics just left a smiley face. Um, Jim Savard said Blink mm-hmm. um, John Aponic said Cyclops Comics and movies Great character when given a chance hmm. uh, Cyclops eh. yeah. He's kind of like a Boy Scout dickhead Yeah Yeah Yeah. he's also in that um, Marvel 1602 also <laughs> um, Alex Reed's comics says Black Panther Hmm but I think Black Panther's like stock just well, Black Panther's stock definitely did rise. Oh yeah, considerably. Movie made a billion dollars. So. Yep. And Spock of Summer couldn't even think about it. He just said, "Hmm." <laughs> um, we actually had a good one on the Facebook. Yeah, Kevin Lima. Shout outs to him. He's too. He tuned in earlier. All right. He said, "Guardian parentheses James Hudson, also known as Weapon Alpha and Vindicator from Alpha Flight." Mm. And then Mark St. Reed says, "Hawkeye." Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, this week's question of the week: Who was the, who would you say is the best? Who is the best rapper turned actor? Mm. Um, I I'm going going go LL. I'm going with the uh, Uncle L, LL Cool J, man. Yeah, it's probably he's got like the longest catalog, but um, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? You could take LL. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go a different route. Mark Wahlberg. Damn, that's an, you know what? That's an even better choice, actually. <laughs> yeah, because uh, good vibrations, Marky yeah. Mark and the Funky Bunch. God, he's so embarrassed by that shit. <laughs> he should be, as he should be. But you know what? I'm gonna say, "Good Vibrations" is a guilty pleasure song. <laughs> it really is. I honestly, I just listen to it and laugh. It is it's like that was once Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he came a long oh, way. Man. He did, dude. Okay, Mark Wahlberg is a great choice. Uh. Mark Wahlberg, LL, Ice T, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think. That'll be on the social media's within the next day, within a day or two. Yep. Also, you can email him at email us at cortexprimepodcast at gmail Word, word. Yep, and you can also find all of our episodes on Facebook Live, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, and iTunes, where you can hit us up with a five star review. They're coming, so keep them coming. Yes, keep them coming. We thank you so much for your support, for your listenership, your viewership, all that. Sending us, uh, dropping us likes on our Facebook page, retweets, all that good stuff. We love y'all. We're going to keep doing it. Just going to keep doing it. Yeah, because that's what we do. It's how we do. All right. (laughs) All right, man, anything else you got in your... your Uh, No, that's it. All right. Um, well, that's that's pretty much it on my end as well. Uh, just tune in next week. Um, uh, next week we'll still come back next Thursday, but uh, afterwards we'll go back to our Tuesday schedule uh, the uh, the week afterwards. So uh, yeah. In the meantime, uh, we will catch you on the flip. And as always, 
Peace out, nerds. Later.